Welcome to Petonomics. This is your host Isha. Today we are bringing you a special episode about shelter animals, and we have our guest Meenal Rajda here to explain everything that you need to know about how shelters work and how people can help, and different aspects about learning and understanding animals' needs. Hi, I'm so happy to be here today. Thank you for having me. My name is Meenal. I run Yoda, and I basically I work with three other fabulous people. One is Pooja Sakpal, uh, Priya and Akash Hepo, and four of us together make Yoda. Okay, so when did you start Yoda, and when did you join it? Okay, so Yoda got registered in 2010, and I joined it much after. Uh, so basically, how it happened is I actually found my closest friends on the internet a few years ago, and that's how I met them. And yeah, then I just joined them one day when they asked me to. So how long do you think it takes to found something like a shelter? Because if it was realized in 2010, I imagine the process must have been really difficult and long. So I think it takes about six months to a year to get your paperwork and everything in place. But moreover, I think you need a long term plan in terms of what you want to do, where you want to get the funds that you have, how you plan to use it, what you want to do. So I think once you have all of that in place, it would be easier to go forward. And it's quite a difficult thing to also work with. I think it's something that requires a lot of passion and inspiration. Could you tell us what inspired you to get into the animal care business? Uh, sure. So I think for me personally, uh, a couple of years ago, I actually found this litter of stray dogs on Chaw Party. And I used to go to feed them every day, and then I tried to get two or three of the puppies adopted because there was a really small lane, and there were too many puppies and too many dogs in that lane already. And that's when I got in touch with these guys on the internet, and that's how the journey started for me personally. Priya Hebo, she basically runs Yoda with me, and Priya, I know that there was a puppy mill she came across in Bangalore. So puppy mills very important. I'm sure most of you guys know about it. If you don't, you should Google it. So the breeders that basically run essentially puppy mills in India, like that is something that we're against. Uh, we just want to drive awareness. So I think that's extremely important. So I think for her, the journey started when she came across a really sick puppy from a puppy mill in Bangalore a couple of years ago. Running a shelter is a difficult task. I mean, it's something you need to have plans for, and it takes months to even just get a start. So, what else does it take from all of you to actually be able to successfully run this? So, I think, uh, like I said, you need to have everything planned in terms of the money that you want to spend and what you want to do. And I think you need to optimize. And you know, the one thing that you're really good at, I think you can own that piece and do it better than a lot of you know other things that you're doing. Uh, for us, essentially, when we're running a shelter, we need a lot of medical. We need a lot of hands on deck. We need staff around full time to kind of care for the critical animals in need. Besides that, I think you need to have great relationships with people in the industry. So whether they're pet shops or whether they're distributors or whether they're, you know, veterinarians, because all of them put together will help you where you want to go with everything that you're doing with the animals under your care. And what kind of hours go into this? Uh, I imagine the hours must be varied across different jobs. But for you, for example, how many hours do you end up putting each week? So for me, uh, I usually work on Yoda over the weekends and in the evening because I have a full-time marketing job. Uh, besides that, I think Pooja spends a lot of her time at the shelter. So she is our one-man army in terms of everything that she does medically. So even today, even if it's for my own dogs and I'm having a medical. Crisis. Usually, she's my first call, saying, "You know, this is what the vet said. What do you think in your experience? What should I do next?" 
because she's really good with it. She knows it like nobody's business and, you know, she owns that piece. So she spends a lot of hours. So a big shout out to her for keeping the shelter going so every day. So this is Pooja Sakpal, right? Pooja Sakpal, yes. And uh, my understanding is she's also helped you receive some of your first dogs? Yes, actually all of these guys have. So like I said, I didn't know them uh, initially. I found them on the internet and a couple of years ago they got in touch with me to adopt this mixed breed small dog uh, from Mambi Valley a couple of years ago. So that's when I sort of met them when we got there on our drive. And yeah, I've been, we've never looked back since. You know, that's great how one journey into a certain aspect of animal care can actually lead to you receiving these pets. Have you had pets in the past? I have, but never dogs. Never dogs, right? Yeah. And, and that's like a different type of love for altogether. Me, that's a different kind of love altogether. Yeah. But again, you know how it is. For for animals, different people feel for different animals. And I mean, you should truly follow what, what works for you. When it comes to running a shelter... I don't think that you guys often see great cases. I mean, it's not the happiest aspect of animal existence, so to speak. Could you tell us what are some cases you may be receiving that aren't as positive as uh, your average drop-off? So, um, I mean, yeah, we see this all the time. It's really sad. It's something that we come across daily. And uh, I think it's really important for um, us to kind of talk about it because then people will know and, you know, uh, they'll get to know what we're dealing with and they'll think again about who they're, you know, buying their dogs from. Uh, So a couple of years ago, we had this case. uh, Her name was Peanut. She was like this small little dog, a mix of a Lhasa and something. And she was kind of flown in when she was pregnant. And I don't think that's really allowed, like, she was heavily pregnant and I think then the breeder I think she wasn't delivering and then the breeder kind of opened her up to see what's happening and then all the babies were sort of dead so that was really bad and like eventually I think she also had a major eye issue so we actually had to I think she couldn't see anymore she didn't have vision and then one of my closest friends um, she kind of took her in but the dog didn't make it so that was really it was just heartbreaking and it's been so many years but I remember that story vividly And that's kind of uh, reminiscent of some previous episodes that we've done where we've discussed the result and the consequences of what happens when you are unprepared or you don't take the right steps when you do get a pet. For example, flying a pregnant dog. I mean, you wouldn't fly a pregnant human. That's after the third trimester. That's insane. And I think on Yoda's Facebook page, we've seen some videos of animals just being dropped off, like over the gate. Yeah. Uh, How how do you guys deal with that? So that happened very recently. We actually had a... 10-year-old pom that's been dropped off and the really sad thing in the video is if you see the video you'll see a young child who carries the dog drops him off at the gate and then just runs away looks left literally looks left right and then just runs away so I think it's really sad because the family's teaching him something like that at a young age which I mean there's always a better way to do it you can always get in touch with the right people even if they're full or they don't have the resources to take in one more case they'll definitely guide you in the right way whoever you speak to in the animal world and I think it's essential that you think it over before you even get your dog home there are a lot of things to think about like can you you know commit to the next 15 years can you give it everything that it needs and then you kind of go into that big decision and also I think it's about um, like is everyone in the family ready for that commitment because usually you know the mother is the one who spends the most time with the animal if she's a work at home I mean working from home mother and then if you kind of get one and if she's not comfortable that's not right by her or by anybody at home so that is something to think about. So you should definitely prepare but sometimes people do fall into situations that aren't predictable. Someone may fall sick or they may lose their job. And is there a right way to be able to put your dog in a shelter? I mean, it may not be the best option. Ideally, you should be able to take care of these animals who are a part of your family, but you can't expect that from 
all situations and people in all these situations. So what is the right way? So I think sometimes there is a situation where even the most awesome human being and the most awesome dog, for some reason, they're not working out together. Uh, it can be a lot of, you know, reasons and the situation may be out of your control uh, like for example recently there was a guy from Pune he got in touch with me through somebody I know um, from my family extended family and his uh, mother I think was in the ICU and she was critically ill and the dog was at home with his grandmom tied up all the time so if it's a situation like that and you have I mean he loves the dog but he doesn't have a choice so he got in touch with me through and through I started talking to him and he was a year, very young child and I mean he was like about 20 and he started talking to me and then I said okay this is the process how comfortable are you with it and he was very cooperative and I found him just the most awesome family in Bandra for his dog and they already have one retriever so his dog is the second retriever in their home and they're just absolutely happy but the one thing to think about is even the family who has who adopted him basically even they went out of their way to make sure they consult with their trainer their old trainer so I spoke to her personally as well and they kind of made the dogs meet made sure everybody gets along before they get that dog home and the, immediately when the dog came home they started working with their trainer again to make sure everything would be you know uh, saintly good at home so I think that's a very nice way to do it so openness is a very important aspect because it's impossible for you to know what a dog is like if someone just throws him out but that's if true. the previous family does explain to you this is what my dog is like wouldn't it be easier for you to place them definitely like that's in fact a very good topic that you've broached upon like I think honesty is just the right way to go sometimes people are a little not honest with us because they think that if they tell us the complete story we may not stick around and we may not help them which is never the case but if you tell me how it is truly then at least I can help place your dog in the best possible family like let's say if there's a dog who really doesn't get along with kids I don't want to put him in a house with kids it, it's traumatizing for him it'll be traumatizing for the kid there may be a you know unforeseen incident and we can avoid all of that if you just come clean to me the first time around and what are some uh, success stories that you've had with adoptions of course there's this one of the dog uh, from Pune yeah. who was placed into a great home yeah. uh, do you have more stories that go along that same path so I think for us, I mean, the best way to wake up is when I wake up to messages of happy adoptions and people getting in touch with me on Instagram and on WhatsApp with all of the dogs that they've taken from us and sharing pictures. So that's really nice. Uh, recently, I also went to uh, a pet, a, a dog event and over there I came across some of the old dogs that have gotten adopted from us we had a Yoda we had a Yoda stall so they actually came over and they spoke to us and they said you know I adopted this dog from you like six eight years ago so I mean that's really so nice to see and people people are just truly awesome to come out there open their houses and their homes and their hearts for these animals in need so what's the adoption process like so normally if you call me and you want a dog I'll a make sure your entire family is on board with the you know, wanting a pet home, B, I'd make sure you have the time and the financial resources to, you know, take care of the dog. Doesn't mean you have to live in a three-bedroom hall kitchen or anything like that. The space is not the problem. I just want to make sure you're inclined to do right by the dog in terms of the food that you give him or the love that you give him or the time that you give him. And more importantly, I think it's important, like, what is your lifestyle like? Like, are you a very active person? If you are, then a dog that's really hyper or really wants to run or go for long walks on the beach is the right fit for you. 
So like we'll just make sure that the dog and the human sort of get along. And another thing we truly encourage is if the dog is under our care at the shelter, we'll always ask you to come by and spend some time, do a couple of visits. You know, maybe take him to bagel shop or take him to Carter Road, spend some time with the dog personally. And then you can see what he's truly, what he truly is. Because sometimes at the shelter, you can't tell the behavior. So that is something that we encourage. Yeah, because those are two completely different environments. One is where they're sharing it with mostly other animals and the other is where they're sharing it with a range of human beings just coming in and out, guests. You may have your servants, you may have children. So it's always good to keep in contact with the shelter and like keep meeting that dog, so to speak, before you actually go through with the adoption. That's true. So I think what's really nice is even if you have some foster families who are experienced dog handlers or who've had dogs all their life, and if some of those come forward in terms of fostering some of our dogs for some time, you'll actually see how the dog is in a home environment. So let's say if you have a dog who a family can foster for about two weeks, they'll actually get get to know the dog for the dog that he is, as opposed to, um, you know, uh, the behaviors that we see at the shelter because once in a while that can go horribly wrong and it can be something that we've not seen at the shelter which is sort of you know cropped up once the dog is in the house and very comfortable in his new space and he knows that you know he's supposed to live there so that is something that we would encourage so it may be difficult for people to who even love dogs to actually go ahead and adopt one I think fostering would be a good way to know if you can actually handle it on a day-to-day basis yeah for sure because I think initially the picture just always looks so great And then when you get into, okay, I must pick his poop up. Okay, I must walk him three, four times a day. Okay, he needs food. He needs medicine. He's sick. He's scared of the fireworks. You know, all of this put together then will give you the true picture of what it means to have a dog at home all the time. So how can someone actually foster an animal from shelters? What's the process? Is it similar to adoption or can you just come in and say, I'm free for, let's say, three weeks uh, can I foster a dog? What's it like? I mean, you can definitely come in. You can you can take the dog. You can just interview with us a little bit and then you can take the dog and have him at your house and give us, you know, updates daily on how he's doing. Uh, the only thing is sometimes some dogs come with history that's unknown to us. So that is something just to be careful of and just keep top of mind when you're at home with the dog. And besides that, uh, I just think like sometimes some of the dogs need medical. So you need to be open to not only spending that time with the dog at home, but also spend that time with the dog outside at the wet or whatever else that he may need to do so that is something that you'll have to be hands on but that's a great way still to introduce yourself to animals without having that 15 year commitment yeah sure definitely And and you can also always come by the shelter with your kids and spend some time with the animals there So that is something that we're open to as well. We're open all days of the week. So anytime anybody is free, 10 to 6, you can come by. Uh, And do you think that helps with the socialization if people bring their kids in? I think kids should learn very early on. Uh, So one of the things that we also try to do as a shelter is we also try to kind of go to a lot of schools and talk to kids about animals. Because I think that needs to be taught to them very young. Because a lot of it comes from what they've seen their parents do or what they've seen people in the society do, which may not be the most ideal scenario. Like you may have someone in the society not allowing their stray dog to sit in when it's raining or just hitting him for no rhyme or reason. So that's not what you want a kid to see and learn. Initial socialization for a child is really important. Yeah, and that's something we've touched upon also in previous episodes. It helps with compassion, but then it also helps with not being someone with a dog phobia when you're older because definitely the dogs are definitely more scared of you than you are of them <laughs> and I also think to a really large extent it'll teach the child love loss and responsibility 
So I think that is something that's so huge. And, you know, I mean, suddenly you have a kid who wants to finish his homework to spend some time with the dog or who wants to be more hands-on and helpful at home. So that kind of brings so much more to the table than you can imagine. The responsibility of, let's say, I have to feed the dog at eight o'clock. Yes. So yeah. those are things that we don't yeah. often do, especially in India. Kids don't really have a lot of responsibility, so to True. speak. So that's a great way so to bring that in. So the one thing I always tell parents when they call me, right? So normally I have parents who call me and say their kid is five, their kid is six, and he's insisting that he gets a dog home or he's insisting that he gets a cat home. I'll always say, you know, if he's five and six, a, sure, he can help you with some of the stuff at home. Like he can help you with feeding, he can help you with cleaning, he can do a little bit of that, but you'll always have to supervise. You can never leave a kid who's five or six alone with the dog because you don't know what's happening. Besides that, I think uh, also the the kid who's that young cannot walk alone on the road by himself. So how is he going to walk your dog, right? So like wet visits, walking the dog, all of that is going to be you at the end of the day. So then are you really ready to take on that commitment because your child's not going to be able to help outside of the house. Oh yeah, like a five-year-old probably weighs as much as the dog would. Yeah, but he's not even allowed out, right? Like, yeah. I mean, you're possibly allowed when you're like 10 or 13 or something to maybe walk in your lane. Otherwise, <laughs> I mean, you're always under supervision. Yeah, that's a strange image. Um, <laughs> so what are some other ways people can help shelters work out uh, or manage their own load? So I think uh, for me, I would, I mean, everybody is welcome. Whatever you may do, whatever you're good at, you can always bring that in and you can always give us a helping hand. So let's say if you're somebody who's into marketing, you can help us come on board, help us with our marketing plan or devise an event that you want to lead and take it off from start to finish. If you're somebody who is very good at, like, let's say animation or graphics, you can help with that aspect of it. So whatever you may be good at, you can always come and own that piece of it. Uh, so even if you're let's say a lawyer you can always come and help us with your services and advice so everything anytime is welcome whatever you may be doing okay that's actually a great way for people who again we, you know we've been discussing a lot what if you cannot hold uh, what if you cannot actually be a pet parent but you want to be involved in animal care and you know that whole pet culture that um, really changes the lives of these animals. And I think that's, again, a great way to be able to contribute positively. The thing adding to that also, what's a very simple thing you can do, even if a shelter is far for you or something that's out of bounds or out of reach, what you can do is even if there are certain strays in your building or cats in your building, you can start by just collecting from the society and getting them neutered. I think that's the first way towards progression, like getting the dogs and cats neutered around our societies and being responsible for them, feeding them, making sure they're vaccinated, making sure everybody's living like nicely with everybody else in the same environment. Part of the reason why shelters end up having so many animals is because of careless and reckless breeding. So what is the process of getting these local animals neutered? Do we call in for the help of shelters or do we have to, like you mentioned, a certain sum collected from the building community or the society and then go ahead with it with our own private vets? So I don't think you need to do this with private vets unless, I mean, that is something that you personally want to do. But there are different NGOs that function in different areas. And a lot of them even do the services free. Like WSD does a great job of neutering so many dogs in, uh, you know, areas uh, that they sort of do weekly pickups and they kind of neuter 100 dogs a week sort of a thing. So like different NGOs operate differently, but you can always get in touch with somebody and figure out what's going on and who does it for your area. Even if you're not getting a response and you kind of pool in a little bit of money and then do it from a private 
private bet or different people that sort of do this for different regions that is sort of always helpful and the one thing that you know sometimes I get calls where people want to sort of get rid of a cat from their area like what I always say it works like how larger cats work in the jungle like you can never truly get rid of the cat because what happens is let's say if a cat moves another cat will soon take its place so getting rid of an animal is not the best way to do it same for dogs right they're territorial so getting rid and you know you find a lot of cases where people have put a lot of these animals in a plastic bag and left them near the bin or they've picked up some kittens put them somewhere left them near the you know on the road somewhere so don't displace animals please let them be where they are if you're troubled reach out to us we'll talk about it and we will guide you through the right direction like where you need to go and what you need to do next and not all animals need to be sheltered uh, as we were talking about cats right now uh, does every kitten you find on the road actually need to be placed in a shelter or are they fine how do we differentiate between the ones who need help and the ones who don't so i think I mean, you'll know when a kitten is sick. Sometimes a few of them have like eye infection. Sometimes they're like with a lot of kittens. One thing is that they, I mean, again, there are that many kittens out there. And sometimes what happens is picking all of them up and putting them in a shelter may not be the best idea. The reason being a shelters have a lot of critical cases. So there's a lot of infection. So getting a kitten there who's so young and not vaccinated and doesn't have high immunity, getting her into a shelter is not the best idea. Letting her be with her mother is the best way forward. But the one thing we should do is when the kittens are two months, get the mother neutered so that she's not giving a litter again. So that is the first thing. And if they're sick, you can get them in. We can treat them and we'll give it back to you with a little bit of medicines that you need to give daily and you can let her be in her natural environment with her mother like that is what I would recommend uh, because let's say if you were to pick all of them up there's no such place that can keep all of them together yeah and it's also interesting that we somehow have this idea that animals kind of need to be placed but animals like cats especially have ecological function they uh, are a sort of pest control not just in India but in a lot of countries they are a pest control they are the ones keeping the rats and the lizards out of your houses so you shouldn't be too afraid of having them in your society or in your lanes. So one of the things with cats is they always go unnoticed. Like you don't have a cat barking at your car or barking at you or biting you, right? So with cats, they always go unnoticed. They usually come out in the night. Uh, you know, they're always below a car. And the one thing is you can never really truly catch a cat that you don't know <laughs> unless they're friendly, right? Like you can't say it sits at ABC building and once you go to the ABC building, it'll be sitting right there. That's never how it happens. So it's a little hard to catch them, a little hard to neuter them but another thing is they're very friendly they take care of themselves they're very independent so the only thing we need to do with them is just ensure they're getting neutered and uh, something else that is interesting is how India is growing as a pet hub so to speak so you're getting a lot of animals I assume that are that I'm assuming your cases have been increasing since you first started of course yeah and how is that do you think affecting uh, or what do you think that says about India as a pet hub so I think what's really nice is we're getting more we're getting more aware. We're kind of, you know, everybody's getting more dogs and cats and other animals home. We're becoming more tolerant towards other species. The only one thing that I would say that we need to be careful of is let's say most parks today don't allow animals in. If they do, they have a strict timing, which is like this ridiculous morning hour, which I can never make it for. So one thing that I would say is if there are places that are allowing you in, let's be mindful of that and let's ensure that we pick up after our dogs let's ensure we're polite to other people in that vicinity so let's say if you have a dog who's super friendly you might have the most friendliest dog in the world but if there's somebody who's petrified and if your dog is walking leashless in a park that person is just losing it so out of respect to the other people around when you're in a public place I would just be a little mindful of how I'm keeping my pet 
and just ensure that we're not being uh, you know like a burden on anybody else and the more careful we are of this the more places our dogs and cats and animals would be allowed into so i think that is the direction that we want to move going forward and i think that that's a strange thing for pet owners i think it could be quite frustrating not having a space to take your animal that's true that's true yeah but it's also a two way street don't you think cuz on one hand the government isn't providing us places to be able to properly you know work out or exercise our dogs but on the other hand maybe in india we're not as responsible as we should be because if you go out on the street you're going to see a lot of poop that's and that true. poop isn't from stray dogs because stray dogs they have their spots they <laughs> cover have, it up yeah they cover it up they will kick and cover it up but so i think the poop that you see in the streets is a mix of strays and you know pets you can never really tell who that poop is from but i would just say that whenever you're taking your pet out or even if your staff is taking your pet out one thing to be mindful of is always to get it picked up and always to get it out of the way because you don't want to be stepping in dog poop that's not that's not fair to you that's not fair to the people who stay around who don't have a dog or let's say there may be people who don't even like a dog and then you have i mean you're just giving them another reason to not like a dog forever so like i don't think that's nice and how can the government you know trust that okay this person or these animal owners can come in our parks for longer if they don't trust that you will be cleaning up after yourself so i think a very yeah. good example that i would give you is the marine drive dog lovers association so what they do at marine drive all the dogs who walk right regularly they actually uh, they actually have people who pick up poop after their dog or a they pick it up themselves b if the dog poops in the you know in the tree it's fine but if he poops anywhere else on the promenade where people are walking they always make sure it's picked up so that is a very good example to live by and even if what they do is sometimes you know they get the same thing is it a stray or is it a is it a pet dog that's pooped they've also assigned a person who just goes by every evening and picks up all the poop that he can see inside and just get rid of it they actually chip in for him So yeah. that is that is a really nice way to do it, and the reason they do that is to make sure Marine Drive is pet friendly for their pets to come on walks. I mean, come come to. Yeah, and hopefully, you know, just a decade down the line, we can be one of those countries that allow dogs into malls. I mean, like most of is, the West does. That is that is a story everywhere yeah. else, right? Like I have, I see dogs like walking in and trotting into like the most fanciest stores, and I'm like, oh my god! Just if that dog was to lift his leg up and pee, what is going to happen? But those dogs don't do it. So yeah. So there are so many animals on the street it's strange to imagine how exactly are they able to thrive because they're not all sick they're not all ailing some may be but for the large part they are thriving and would you be able to tell us what exactly allows them So I think uh, for me there are so many people in India and there's so much garbage so they always have that food source so they're happy they're healthy they have food in abundance that they can sort of reach out to and you know eat so i think that is something so the one thing that we need to do to control their population is only sterilize because in india you don't have kill shelters so it's not like strays get picked up and put in a kill shelter that's not how we work we're very compassionate people uh so the one thing that we need to do is just neuter and that's one thing we definitely have over or where we're one upping most other developed countries definitely we focus on a preventative measure as opposed to just letting the problem be solved by murdering animals no that's true and another thing is like i just feel like today i get so many calls for people who want to like you know when people call you they want to help which is why they're calling they don't know who else to turn to they may not be that familiar with the process or what it entails so they'll call you saying listen i found a kitten and i want to give him to your shelter so i mean they're calling with a hope they're calling with trying to do right by the animal trying to do go- what's good like they don't know any better right so i mean i think 
it it all boils down to that one person in that one society who can just look after the strays in that area and we do have so many feeders like the one thing that we have in abundance which is a great network of feeders you actually have people like my cook she actually is a feeder so she used to just make lots of food every single day and she used to carry it and go and feed all the dogs and cats in the area like you see so many of those in so many different networks and some of them also call call us when one of the animals are sick by the way so we then help them take that on uh yeah so it's interesting to see how people who may find it difficult for themselves or uh, providing for themselves uh going out of their way to provide for for animals on the street like you mentioned your cook is a feeder and oddly enough my driver is also a feeder <laughs> his entire salary goes into feeding essentially every yeah. morning he comes and feeds he feeds dogs in my building yeah yeah he buys like packets of biscuits and like sometimes rice and he feeds them like if people who are have, uh, people who may not have it easy can go out of their way then maybe we can also provide and like check in at least or provide Definitely. some kind of support Definitely. So the one thing I say with, I mean, whatever you may have, let's say you have old newspapers and old bed sheets you want to give away, sure. But if you're spending that money, just make sure you get us medicines or food or give us that money directly because that is something that helps us keep the shelter running. Like another thing is, uh, for example, when you do have that money and you do want to send it to us, we give you a receipt and we give you an ADG so that you get tax exemption. So that is something you can then figure out with your CA. But again, tomorrow, if I go to a vet and I say, you know what, I don't have any money. money because i don't have any money but i can give you cat food in exchange like no vet is going to obviously agree to that so at the end of the day at a shelter i need to have cash so again when you're donating you can donate in kind you can donate via food you can also donate in money all of it is helpful and medicines especially medicines especially i mean um i think a major cost would be medical for i mean not only the medicines but also i mean surgeries or you know everything else that we're doing equipment everything else that we need so that is something that is you know of prime importance to us okay um so what is the ideal situation ideally what would india or the world look like in terms of shelters i think the ideal situation would be uh, not having any that would just be amazing if everybody just took ownership of the dogs and cats that they have in their localities and just sort of work on you know feeding nutrition and just taking care of them i'm sure we can get to a day where we don't have any like like the west we don't want to go into this thing where shelters are money making like in the west you have so many shelters that just make money and they're a chain and they just do so well for themselves financially that's not the case in india a lot of us are dependent on a lot of people that sort of help us whether they're corporate companies or whether they're individuals that are sort of funding us so that is something that we work on very differently in region and that's a great place to conclude so we've learned a lot about how to deal with sheltering and the different processes that go i mean it's it's a, it's a it's a service that has a lot of aspects from medical from things like marketing from things like just general hospitality when it comes to care of animals we've discussed a lot of these subjects so do you have any parting words meena thank you so much for having me it was indeed really fun doing this and for everyone who's listening if you want to come over and if you want to reach out to us our numbers are available online and we're in bandra 10 to 6 all day every day so you can come over anytime so if you want to find us uh, yoda mumbai on instagram yoda on facebook we have a group and a page an ever growing page and a really good group so you can join us on both of that and reach out to us and uh, we hope you enjoyed this episode we are available on spotify castbox apple podcasts geosavan please take a listen to our next episode we release on wednesdays